0: Welcome, fellow true crime enthusiasts, to today's case file, The Life and Death of Tupac. Heavy in the Game, The Poet Activist. Welcome to Body of Crime, your go-to true crime podcast, where we plunge headfirst into the gripping world of criminal mysteries. Join your hosts, Jose Medina, Crystal Garcia, and Alicia Anaya, as we deliver the full stories immersing you in the heart of each case. With spine-chilling cases, in-depth analysis, captivating interviews, and a comprehensive examination of the evidence, embark on a thrilling journey with us as we explore bone-chilling cases from around the globe. Whether you're a seasoned true crime enthusiast, or a fresh face in the genre, we guarantee to keep you on the edge of your seat. So put on your detective hat, grab your notepad, and get ready to dive into the thrilling world of Body of Crime.
1: That's what this fame. I got enemies doing anything to break me. My attitude changed. Got to the point where I was driven. Twenty four seven money's my mission. Just a nigger trying to make a living. These busted tricks don't know no mail. They spend in their riches or scaleless pitches, but they petrified again jail. This hell plus all the dealers for a meal. Taking hell ass pitches. Play a hit and what we steal. Kicking always keep my eyes on the prize. Whilst the police take so much murder, neighborhoods get in no sleep. But still, I get my
0: Tupac Shakur's music career began as a rebel. Using his talent to address social issues, his 1991 debut album, To Apocalypse Now, directly confronted issues like mass incarceration, violence, illegal drugs, police brutality, and racism. His political activism represented the realities of the children of the Black Power era. Shakur's childhood was greatly impacted by his mother and her involvement with the Black Panther Party, and his family had deep roots in the movement. Considered one of the most influential artists throughout the history of hip-hop, his objective was to drive societal change through the content of his music. His lyrics focused on social injustice, violence, and the sidelining of African Americans in the United States. Not only did he talk the talk, but Tupac walked the walk and had his own share of run-ins with the law, bringing credibility and a connection to the regular person who was dealing with the experiences Tupac was verbalizing in his music. The more injustice and challenges he faced as a black man in America, the more his music became personalized and reflective of the lives of his most ardent listeners.
2: Tupac's upbringing in an impoverished New York environment exposed him firsthand to the struggles of marginalized individuals, shaping both his music and dedication to social justice. Viewing music as a tool for positive societal change, he utilized his talent to convey messages of empowerment and social awareness to his audience. Engaging in activism throughout his career, Tupac established the Tupac Amaru Shakur Foundation in 1992 after the Los Angeles riots. This foundation aimed to support at-risk youth, develop educational programs, and foster a culture of peace and social justice. Furthermore, Tupac championed the right to vote and political involvement within the African-American community, emphasizing the importance of youth engagement in decision-making and the fight for their rights. Tupac stands as a prime example of the symbiotic relationship between hip-hop and activism. His commitment to social justice and advocacy for marginalized rights inspired a plethora of hip-hop artists to address similar issues in their music. Today, artists continue using their music to raise awareness about social concerns and champion justice, with Tupac remaining a lasting symbol of how music and activism can collaboratively instigate meaningful societal change. Tupac's prowess lies in his capacity to confront significant societal issues through his rap lyrics, contributing to his status as an iconic and influential figure in the hip-hop culture. Across numerous tracks, Tupac challenges the core values of American society, vehemently condemning the injustices and inequalities afflicting the African-American community. Illustratively, in Changes, Tupac critiques the American justice system and the biased treatment people of color endure from law enforcement and the legal apparatus. On, come
1: on. I see no changes, wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black, my stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a bro. pull a trigger, killing? he's a bro get a the
2: song delves into broader issues such as poverty and the limited opportunities for those in low-income circumstances making clear their role in the fostering violence and crime within the community. And the tribute woven in Dear Mama extends not only to Tupac's mother, but resonates with all mothers grappling with raising children amid adversity.
1: When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. I'm spending from school, I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Tears with my baby sister. Over the years we was and little kids. And even we had different daddies, the same drama things went wrong, we
2: blame The song so- sheds light on the hardships confronted by single mothers, underscoring the societal lack of support. Simultaneously, it celebrates the unwavering love and dedication these mothers exhibit, serving as wellsprings of strength and resilience during challenging times. Tackling racism, economic disparities, and violence, Tupac utilizes his art to spotlight these concerns, aiming to kindle awareness and motivate individuals to instigate societal change. His rap lyrics stand as a testament to his unwavering commitment to social justice, embodying his aspiration to leverage music as a catalyst for positive and societal transformation. It's been a little bit of a break as we've been transitioning from season one into season two. Our Tupac series is kind of overlapping both seasons and you'll find it in season one, but you know, we're in now in January, 2024. And it's funny because Tupac passed away almost 30 years ago and we're still talking. He's still an influence in our culture and our society, in the music that you hear every single day. Every day I hear a song that's referencing Tupac or Thug Life or You know, something about him, you know? And so he's still very, very relevant in today's music. And I say let's talk about him because people view Tupac as a gangster rapper. But he was more than a gangster rapper.
0: Right. What's really unique is we know that his first manager, Leila, she was actually looking for somebody like Tupac who could approach these issues and have the type of influence that he did. And what's pretty incredible is that we're talking 30 years later we're still talking about him and in fact his lyrics are actually taught as part of some of the curriculum at like harvard university they go through his lyrics and they talk about some of his messages and people looked at him as this gangster and and you know and i kind of think about it as ufc for anybody who's watched ufc You see some of these different guys and girls and you look at how they act, how they're perceived by the media and how they kind of put on this show. Some of those guys are not the people that they put out there as being. And I don't think that that was Tupac. I don't think that he was this gangster. I think that he was young and I think that he was at the beginning of his career and he was trying to connect with people in the different areas that he grew up in and that he was putting his music out in. And I think that with the people that were surrounding him, that this kind of became like, is this who I'm supposed to be? Is this what rap's about? I think he was kind of trying to figure himself out.
2: His music did evolve the longer that he did music. Like if you follow his albums, if you start listening to his discography, you'll see the transition of his music as it becomes more and more personal. And it's kind of like he's coming into his voice more and more. And he's coming into his message of what he wants to communicate. And he goes from being very, I don't know, very public enemy, um, very street focused to more, more right. deeper thought, more deeper emotion starts putting some of his emotion into his music
0: and what's funny is that that's really when that's really when people really cling to you is yeah. when you start becoming the best version of yourself and not what you think you're supposed to be.
2: Yeah. And there's two things here. 30 years ago what Tupac was talking about 30 years ago is still relevant 30 years later. That's really sad that we're still dealing with police brutality. We're still dealing with marginalized society with poverty. We're still dealing with all the same issues and that's why his music is still so relevant because everything that he talked about 30 years ago is still being dealt with today. We still have single mothers who are dealing with welfare who are you know unable to raise their families and don't have enough money. Nothing has really changed in 30 years. Nothing has changed. And then the other thing that I was going to say his portrayal of Bishop in the movie Juice gave the world their first introduction of who Tupac was. And a lot of people associated Bishop and the character of Bishop with Tupac. And I've heard of other actors, especially actors who are um, method actors, that sometimes they get into certain characters and those characters, they live that character so well and they embody that character so well that they have a hard time transitioning out of that character into who they really are as a person and so he could have continued playing that character in his real life right because people related that character with him the people that came around him that were around him were looking for him to be like bishop like who they saw on the screen he got a lot of accolades a lot of you know what i'm saying like people liked that version of tupac right
0: And you know, what's funny is that it's that way with certain actors. Like when you think about Arnold immediately, you think Terminator, you don't think about all the other movies he was in. And honestly sitting here, I can't even think about the other movies he was in. He was the Terminator. He was
2: basically the Terminator in every movie that he was
0: in. Right. And so, and it's funny because I've heard, I've heard various actors talk about how people will come up to them like years later and be like, oh, you're the, like, you're the whatever it was that they played, you know, like you're the Terminator. And the person's like, I've done so many other roles. Like that's the role that everybody like recognizes me for.
2: And it's true. And people will associate that with you. And if you associate that with yourself, That can be a hard thing to let go. That can be a hard thing to transition out of, especially if you like that role, if that that role resonated with you on a deeper level. And I don't think Tupac grew up that way. He didn't grow up on the streets. He didn't grow up gangbanging and he didn't grow up killing. No, he grew up a poet. He grew up a student of art and he grew up a student of theater. That's how he grew up. Now, was he exposed to the streets? Yes, but he wasn't of the streets. Right, But the character of Bishop was of the streets. Right. And so that might be where he found his
0: connection. Throughout Tupac's discography, you can see how he delved into political and social concerns impacting marginalized communities, encompassing issues like racism, poverty, and violence. The 1991 album... Tupacalypse Now was a perfect example of how Tupac showcased his exploration of themes such as police brutality and racial inequality. An illustrative example is the track Trapped, where Tupac vividly portrayed the struggles of marginalized youth surviving in a world marked by violence and oppression. Through Brenda's Got a Baby, Tupac addressed teenage pregnancy and poverty, shedding light on their profound impact on young lives in marginalized settings. The song serves as a poignant call for empathy and compassion towards young women grappling with sexual abuse, teenage pregnancy, drug addiction, suicide, and adversity. Tupac expanded his lyrical discourse to include topics like AIDS and discrimination against LGBTQ individuals. In collaboration with Digital Underground on Same Song, his breakout song, Tupac emphasized equal rights and the imperative fight against discrimination. Changes, one of Tupac's most renowned tracks, delves into systemic racism, police brutality, and the urgent need for genuine political transformation. The song serves as a rallying cry to address these issues and strive towards a more just and equitable society. Tupac utilized his musical platform to engage in political dialogue, addressing the challenges within his community. His songs remain pertinent through 2024, 28 years after his death, inspiring subsequent artists to use their music as a vehicle for political and social commentary. Tupac's enduring influence in the realms of music and hip-hop culture is attributed to his adept fusion of poetry and activism, providing ongoing inspiration and empowerment for marginalized communities. Thug
2: Life emerged as a life philosophy crafted by Tupac and seamlessly integrated both his lifestyle and musical expression. This concept evolved into a guiding motto symbolizing existence in marginalized communities and the ongoing struggle against oppression. Tupac explained that thug life encapsulated the notion of the hate you give little infant F's everybody, emphasizing the long-term societal repercussions of instilling hatred in children to include hatred of self. For him, addressing systemic issues like violence and poverty was imperative for meaningful transformation. Positioning himself as a champion against depression and injustice, Tupac utilizes music as a powerful medium to voice discontent with the system and advocate for tangible change. In Only God Can Judge Me, he delves into the challenges of life in marginalized neighborhoods and underscores the importance of embracing the values inherent in thug life, with lyrics like,
1: perhaps I was on to the facts. Stabbed in the back, I couldn't trust my own hope. Sister Buck's pretty facts. Will I succeed? Never know it from the weed. No, just try to focus, but I can't see. And in my mind I'm a blind man doing time Look to my future cause my past is all behind me Is it a crime to fight for what is mine? Everybody's done tell me what's the use trying I've been trapped since birth Cautious cause I'm cursed And fantasies of my family in the hurts And they say it's the white man I should fear But it's my own kind doing all the killing here. I can't lie, ain't no love for the
2: other side Philosophy of Thug Life extended beyond an individual's ethos to encompass loyalty to the community and a dedicated commitment to aiding the less fortunate. In Keep Your Head Up, Tupac expresses love for women and a steadfast desire to support them during challenging times. Through his music, Tupac became a messenger of thug life, advocating for social change. His philosophy resonated with numerous young individuals engaged in the fight against oppression and equality, evolving into a source of empowerment for those experiencing marginalization. Tupac defined a thug as an individual emerging from an oppressive and disadvantaged background, employing unconventional methods to succeed in American society. He attributed the many challenges faced by African Americans and marginalized groups to what he identified as thug life philosophy. The intertwining of hate with ethnic, cultural, and gender discrimination that often hinder the appreciation of diversity and inclusion.
0: Hey there, fellow true crime enthusiasts and body of crime listeners. As true crime lovers, we're excited to deep dive the Tupac series with our listeners. But before we dive into the dark and mysterious world of crime, I want to tell you about a fantastic local art studio right here in Houston, Texas, that you won't want to miss.
2: It's called Province 8 Art Studio, and they have a massive selection of original art to include a large selection of urban and hip-hop art that truly captures the essence of our city. If you're local, then you can find them at 17037 Farm to Market, Road 529 is just a stone throw away from where our podcast is produced. It's truly a mecca for all things creative, from poetry open mic nights, recording studio sessions, to art classes. This is truly a one-stop art depot for the truly creatives.
0: But what makes Province 8 Art Studio even more special is their incredible Tupac Shakur art pieces, of which they have several, to include our Tupac series cover art. I'm sure you've seen it on the latest episode's cover, Tupac playing a guitar, standing in front of a microphone, capturing the raw Energy of his music and spirit. This is an original six foot by four foot canvas piece by Ezra Hezekiah for sale, and it can be purchased and shipped worldwide. They ship worldwide? They do. Even six foot pieces like jamming out Tupac? They do. Bigger ones than that. And by going directly to the artist's webpage at www.blackrhinoartgroup.com, you can pick and choose the material, the size, and even the format of your choosing if you're not ready to splurge on the original. You can even get special edition prints, original paintings, digital art. There's so many options. And if you're a decorator like me, you might want to throw in some throw pillows. You might want to get you an ashtray. Might even want to get you some swag.
2: The attention to detail and the way they bring Tupac to life through art is truly Remarkable. It's a must-see for any Tupac fan or anyone who really, truly appreciates the fusion of art and hip-hop culture.
0: So listeners, do yourself a favor and check out Province 8 Art Studio. Visit their website at www.province8artstudio.com or pay them a visit in person. You'll be blown away by their urban and hip-hop art collection and, of course, that incredible Tupac Shakur piece.
2: Support local artists and immerse yourself in a world of art inspired by the legends of hip-hop. Province 8 Art Studio is where creativity meets culture. Tell them Joe or Crystal from Body of Crime sent you. We'll post a link in the show notes. I was going to say that early in Tupac's career, before he even made his first song, before he even made his first movie, he had one of the Nation of Islam leaders that tried to get him to become a leader in the Black Panther Party. And he took him to South Central And he exposed him to the logic of Islam and how to communicate it to the neighborhood. And it did not resonate with Tupac. The mission resonated. The message didn't resonate. In his mind, he needed to communicate with people from that world on their terms, using their language, using their methods of communication. And to him, that method was music. He was like, I can't be this preacher kind of guy sitting on the corner saying, Hey, listen to me. Let me tell you why Islam is good or why why you should be a Muslim or or why we need to be together. It was better for him to do it in a way that resonated with that community where he felt like this is how they'll listen. They're not listening to you because your message doesn't resonate.
0: Right. Which was very intelligent. And that same methodology stands true today because in order for you to really reach people, you have to reach people in the environment they're in and the manner in which they are used to, that they're able to learn, that they're able to connect with. If you can't connect with the people that you're trying to reach, it's going to be very hard for you to reach them.
2: Yeah. That's why there's so many versions of the Bible. Towards the end of his career, especially after going to jail, Tupac was ready to shelve the whole thug life. I'm not going to say he didn't get a lot of support. He got support from the community, but the people that were his mentors and the people that were around him Just a term, denoting the term of thug and trying to make a positive spin of that, it just didn't catch on the way that Tupac wanted it to. He wanted the word to be perceived as something positive, but he couldn't make that transition of taking that word and making it into a positive connotation because... His actions, the actions of others who called themselves thugs, like it's really hard. And what he was trying to do was he was trying to do the same thing that people did with the N-word, which was take it back, right? Take the the N-word back and make it ours. That's what he was trying to do with thug life and the the term thug. But that's not something that he was able to do in his lifetime. And Mm -hmm. that's something that he struggled with. And I think towards the end, he started to rethink that logic. And that's where he came out with the outlaws, which is people look up to outlaws. People make movies about outlaws. Outlaws are seen as like these kind of strange heroes that like, yeah, they're they're just living on the edge and they're just doing their own thing and they're surviving on their, you know, outlaws
0: are different than thugs. Thugs are seen as kind of like as bullies. I think the reason that outlaws are seen that way is because they challenge societal norms yeah. and they're they're outside of the box thinkers. So they go against the grain. And so right. I don't even think it's so much that they're outlaws. You're kind of like the hero. That, yeah. you know, like you, you don't cower down to what's supposed to be acceptable. You're challenging of it. You're figuring out a way to get around things. I can see where he was coming from with both terms. Right. But to your point, I think when
2: people think of an outlaw, they don't think of a crime breaker. They think of a person who is surviving by any means necessary while skirting the, in the gray area of the law. And not really like attacking innocent people and murdering people. And there are people like Zorro. You know, Zorro was an outlaw, but he was a, a hero outlaw. Robin Hood was an outlaw. He wasn't a thug, you know, and he was getting guidance from other people like his stepfather and some some other people in his life that just didn't understand how he was going to be able to take that word thug and then turn it into something positive when there's such a bad that's like taking the word killer and making that into a positive. You know, what I'm right. saying like it's really hard to do It's really hard to make that word something positive, you know, you
0: know, right now, one of the words that I feel like they're trying to do that with now is the B word. Yeah. And yeah. like, that's true. I don't think that you're going to do that. Like, I, you know, not completely. Yeah. Yeah. Not completely
2: because depending on how you use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, some of those words, I think it's just like, yeah. why, why even try to do that? Yeah. It's true. Come up with a true. new word. Yeah, but, but
2: I think I think that was a good pivot for him, and I think I think the term outlaw kind of stuck a little bit better than than thug life. I think that was a, a smart move for him. I can see that it was intended to be positive. His intent was positive, just the execution was challenging for him.
0: I think part of it too is that sometimes you don't realize that even though he's. And obviously, he's not trying to make his music just for one group of people. right? But I think sometimes you forget that what you're putting out there is going out to the masses. And even though you might be trying to send a message or tell a message about a certain group, it's going out to people who are going to hear it and are going to perceive it in different ways. And so sometimes your message, it needs to be given in a way that other people can understand as well. Not that they need to accept it, but understand it you know right
2: right tupac felt like he was the voice of right. a group of people and those people were often seen to the world as thugs and he felt like he was the face he was the voice he was the one that was bringing light of their their issues and their challenges and in, in the hoods and, and whatnot so to say the thug life is like these people are living as being perceived as being thugs. And I'm here to tell you that they're not what you think they are. Like, you know, kind of,
0: That makes a lot of sense. Beyond his contributions to music and film, Tupac distinguished himself as a skillful poet and a writer through his poetry and song lyrics. He depicted the harsh realities faced by marginalized youth in low income U S neighborhoods, tackling themes like violence, poverty, and racism. Commencing his poetic journey at a young age, Tupac consistently used this medium to articulate his emotions and thoughts regarding the daily struggles he encountered. Additionally, his poetry served as a powerful tool to address social and political issues impacting the African-American community. Tupac's lyrics are often profound and poignant, offering a distinctive perspective on life in marginalized U.S. neighborhoods, Tracks like Dear Mama and Keep Your Head Up emphasize the significance of family, community, and the resilience needed to overcome adversity. In compositions like Brenda's Got a Baby, he delves into darker subjects such as poverty, abuse, and sexual violence. The song narrates the plight of a young teenage girl facing pregnancy and isolation, evoking a touching and emotional portrayal of life in marginalized U.S. neighborhoods. Expanding his literary footprint, Tupac ventured into publishing with the poetry book The Rose That Grew from Concrete. This compilation featuring poems written between 1989 and 1991 unveils an intimate glimpse into Tupac's creative mind, showcasing his prowess as both a writer and poet and include poems such as Things That Make My Heart Break, which goes Pretty Smiles deceiving laughs and people who dream with their eyes open lonely children unanswered cries and souls who have given up hoping the other thing that breaks hearts are fairy tales that never come true and selfish people who lie to me selfish people just like you Tupac's music stands out not just for its social and political depth but also for its opulent poetic elegance. Within his lyrics, Tupac skillfully employs diverse literary devices and rhetorical techniques crafting vibrant and evocative imagery that deeply connects with his audience. His mastery of metaphors can be seen as a recurring poetic tool that Tupac appears to wield effortlessly. For instance, in Ambitions as a Writer, he likens his life to a roller coaster, vividly portraying the emotional highs and lows and the challenges encountered throughout his career.
1: So many battlefield scars I'm in plus is a star, nothing was born rough the perfect, my was love it to be a soldier. Make at ease, life Only what you make it
0: Repetition is another technique he employs, notably in Keep Your Head Up, where the refrain, Keep Your Head Up, echoes to empower women, encouraging strength and resilience. Tupac weaves a tapestry of rhythm and melody using alliteration, assonance, and rhyme. In "Hail Mary," he combines alliteration and rhyme to compose a captivating chorus.
1: Hail Mary. run quick, see what do we have here now? La, 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 la. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Revenge is like the sweetest joy next to getting pussy. Pitching paragraphs unloaded, wise words being quoted, beat the weakness in the rap game and sold it. Bow down, pray to God, hoping that he's listening. See a niggas coming for me, my diamonds when they glisten. Now pay attention, best me, please Be father, I'm a ghost.
0: Furthermore, personification breathes life into inanimate elements, enhancing the vividness of Tupac's imagery. In Life Goes On, he personifies death, portraying it as a close companion. <laughs>
1: How many brothers fell victim to the street? Rest in peace, young nigga. There's a heaven for it. You be alive. If I told you that I never thought of death. my niggas, we the last ones left. But life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the street? Rest in peace, young nigga. There's a heaven for it. You be alive. If I told you that I never thought of death. my niggas, we the last ones left. Life goes As on. I bail through the empty halls, breath stinking in my drawers. Ring, ring, ring.
0: His music... In essence, not only poetic, but profound and reflective of the Black experience.
2: To me, rap and hip-hop has always been very, very closely tied to poetry.
0: Definitely. One thing that I think is very unique about him. So, if you have the opportunity and you honestly, if you Google, there's some things on Pinterest where they show some of his love letters and um, some of his poems that he didn't, you know, make into music lyrics. And he's not only extremely talented, but you can see his vulnerability in his poetry. You can see his romantic side. You can see really his vulnerable side, the things that make him sad, the things that make him feel less than what he'd like to feel. And I think that's beautiful. And I think he's one of the few hip hop artists that can really kind of... You look at R&B and people kind of think of R&B as being more of the kind of romancing and beautiful and like love music and not really so much hip hop and rap and especially not gangster rap. But when you look at a lot of Tupac stuff, it's almost like he can blend them, which I think is beautiful.
2: He was one of the first to actually begin blending R&B type music with rap. He was one of the first ones to do that. And a lot of people picked that up. And, and that's kind of the sound today.
0: Yeah. So I think it's, I, I think it's pretty unique. So he, t- to me, he's somebody who really, really changed the game in so many different ways.
2: Some people would challenge and say Tupac, like when people say to my top five, like my top five artists, a lot of people will say that Tupac wasn't a top five lyrically. He wasn't top five.
0: Well, he didn't have long to be there, yeah, truthfully. He, that's,
2: that is true. But I think that a lot of people put him in, in their top five because of his passion and his energy. Because he was a, a falling star. He came, he burned through, and he was gone. Right. I would say like, his whole career spanned probably maybe five or six years.
0: But you know, if you look at his trajectory, he would have been that. So for those yeah. who who don't see him that way, he would have been that if you just look at his trajectory. Yeah. So he hadn't fully come into his own yet. He yeah. was getting there, but yeah. he hadn't fully gotten there yet. So you're seeing him at a point where he's rising and he really isn't at the top of his game at that point. Right. You know?
2: I think that's hard, that's hard to imagine because he's been such a staple when it comes to hip hop and rap music. And He's had so many movies and and songs that have come out posthumously that sometimes you think like he's still here writing this stuff, <laughs> right. like you know he's still here acting, like. And so I think that is sometimes you. I think you're right. You're hit the you hit the nail on the head. I think he would have just only gotten better. He'd only been practicing his his skill set for five years. You have guys that are currently like Snoop Dogg, and you got Jay Z, and you got these guys who have been doing this for years and years and they've been doing it for like 20 30 years right tupac did this for five six years and had a lasting impact a forever impact right so yeah i, I agree with you i think he would have gotten to that point at some point point.
0: and you know there's there's some i think really key things where i feel like he really to me where i feel like he really changed the game and that is at, first of all at this point in time gangster rap which I really don't even like to put him in that category, honestly, but it was just getting started. Yeah. So he was at the beginning of that and he really is the person who really started using his platform to put those messages out there. You know, now you're seeing a matter of fact, I would say in the last few years, people have really been kind of clinging to trying to, to use their platform to put those messages out and trying to be active in different areas, which sometimes is to the detriment of your career. And I feel like he was very bold in trying to put those things out there. So I think that's a way that he changed the game. I also think that his blend of the hip hop and kind of more of the romanticizing and the, and the poetics, he was also more of a cerebral writer than a lot of artists. Some artists will say the same five words and That's their whole song. That's the whole song. (laughs) I don't know if we call those lyrics, but (laughs) (laughs) I think some of those things are very unique. So I don't think he was at his peak. I think he was barely starting the climb. I think what we got from him was just the beginning.
2: Decades after his passing on September 13th, 1996, Tupac Shakur continues to be an enduring and enigmatic figure in hip hop. His life was a mosaic of paradoxical scenes, from the caring father holding his son in the Keep Your Head Up video, to the vehement rapper confronting cameras during his 1994 sexual assault trial. Though no longer present, we continue following the myth of Tupac as a political activist, the social justice advocate for the voiceless and unheard, the thug angel, whose poems and lyrics remain relevant even 30 years after his death. And that's a wrap on today's investigation, fellow detectives. If you found this episode both enlightening and captivating, then please subscribe to our podcast show and our Patreon. Leave a review and hit that like button. Share our podcast with others and engage with us on our website and social media platforms. You can find us on all major podcast platforms as well as our website at www.bodyofcrimepodcast.com where you can access all of our episodes and bonus content, including valuable resources. By expanding our community, we believe we can make a greater impact in our pursuit of truth and in shedding light on crucial cases. If there's a case that you'd like for us to cover or a personal story you'd like to share, please don't hesitate and contact us through our website. We always welcome your feedback and suggestions. Until next time, stay sharp and thank you for tuning in to the Body of Crime podcast. podcast. Bye.